the volume. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Catching Phase is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Catching fades. I keep to leave here. We got a great interview with uh, Solomon Thomas coming up, man. Talking some real life, real life issues, man. So y'all don't want to miss that interview. But first, got to get to these takes. Got to get to these takes of the week. So news this week or last week, this weekend, whenever it was, uh, Le'Veon came out and said he had never played for Andy Reid again a day in his life. And my reaction to it was, you damn right you would never play for Andy Reid again because he would never call your ass back after you said that shit on Instagram, right? So, of course, you would never play for him again. But, 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 I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened between Le'Veon and the Chiefs, man. As far as I know, Andy Reid is a great guy. I got Marcus Peters. That's my little brother. He played out there for so long, man. He got a lot of respect for Andy. And uh, never once did he say he was racist. Never once did he say anything. So I don't really know what happened. I ain't in Kansas City. I don't know what happened there. But for whatever reason, Le'Veon said he had never he had never played there again. And from my experience, man, some coaches can make you feel like that, man. There's some coaches out there that really can make you feel that you would never play for them again, that you don't even want to play for that team again, long as that coach is there, man. And uh, But just the difference between me and Le'Veon is I would not have said it publicly, man. I tell my wife, I tell my brother, tell my guys, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't put it on Instagram and say it publicly, publicly because me personally, I had a coach that I felt that way about before, man. Coach who, who always made me feel attacked 
from the day he walked in the building, man. It's like when he when he put his rules, when he put his rules for the team, it's we gonna dress like this, or we gonna do this, or we not gonna do this here. I always felt like he was talking to me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I remember us running the run test, crazy run test, crazy run test, man. I feel like the whole time he was on me, like he would see if I was gonna make it. He would, he wanted to be right on my head and encourage me. And you know what I'm saying when I didn't make it, cause hell no, nah, I got asthma. I don't really run like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't make the run test. He made sure he was out there to see me running the next morning. I just felt like he he didn't he didn't make sure the other guys was out there. He made sure that I was out there now. He could be attacking me or he could feel like I got great potential. And he just want to be on my head. Who knows? But the last straw for me is one time, man, we I probably had my worst game ever in my life. You know what I'm saying? In the team meeting, he showed some plays in practice that I did. Then he showed the plays in the game and see, you did it in practice. You was going to do the same. He was attacking me after my worst game of my life. Right. So of course I'm being lead, man. I stood up, said whatever I said back to him in front of the team. And a few weeks later, leave was traded, man. So I did get out of there. I did get out of the situation, but I never said nothing publicly. I wasn't even on social media then, but I never said nothing publicly, but I did feel like I never play for that dude again, man. Just cause, the way that he made he made me feel attacked, man. And I think Derek Carr came out and said that if he had to play somewhere else, he'd quit. He'd retire. That's how that's how strong he feel about his building and Gruden. And that's how you supposed to feel, man. That's how coaches should make players feel, man. That's how guys should leave home. We we put so much work in, man. You know we care about it. That's the one thing that NFL players got in common, man. We care about our performance to the T. You know what I'm saying? So. Coaches, man, we got feelings too, man. So players, you in this position, man, keep it to yourself, man. The world don't need to know if you hate a coach, if you would never play for him, man, because other coaches and other front offices, they they might think, oh, this, this the, like you a problem. They might, that, that's gonna go with you to the next team. They might not want you, you know what I'm saying? It might, it might, it may play a part in, in your next job. You know what I'm saying? You calling out this team, it might play a part in your future team, man. So just keep it to yourself. Tell your wife, tell your kids, tell your homies, you know what I'm saying? Because a statement like that could travel with you. Now, we'll see if it travel with Le'Veon. We'll see if he end up with another team or we'll see if he don't. And then coaches, man, players, man, we hard, right? We hard body. We from the trenches. We go smack each other on the field, all that, right? But we got feelings too, man. You know what I'm saying? And, and a player leaving your team saying he'll never play for you again, that might affect your future job, coach. That might affect a guy, a free agent, want to come play for you. He might not want to come play for you now because another player who he respect had that to say about you, man. So it's both ways, man. It's a two-way street. Coaches, man, treat your players with some respect. Treat us like grown men because we got feelings too, man. So that's my takes for the week. Great interview with uh, Solomon Thomas coming up next. Real life shit we talking about. You don't want to miss it. Catching fades. I keep to lead. Catching Phase is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering up to $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Why do you play FanDuel? I play FanDuel for the fantasy easy to use app. It's so easy to use and make my betting experience great. And I can pick a new team every game. 
FanDuel is offering new users a deposit match up to $500 when you make your first deposit. Go to FanDuel.com slash Coward for more info. FanDuel.com slash Coward. FanDuel. More ways to win. So, you're a sports fan. That's why you're listening. But if you're considering getting in on the fun of those sports gambling, I want to let you know about a great resource, the Action Network. The Action Network is where fans go when they're ready to get smarter and turn a profit on sports betting. In fact, the free Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. With the Action app, you can see the latest picks and articles from Action Network gambling experts, as well as personalities like Colin Coward. Compare odds from different sports books and track every bet you make so you always know what your picks are doing. So if the game means more to you, download the free Action Network app and start betting smarter. Catching fades. I keep to leave here, man. We got my dog. Money team, man. Member of the money team, baby. I love when I get members of the money team on here, man. You know what I'm saying? What's up, Solomon Thomas? How you doing? What's going on, Keith? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on. Oh, you already know. You already know. I'm good, man. How uh you in Vegas right now? Yes, sir. Yeah, down in Vegas. You know, uh have OTAs going on, getting after, uh, trying to get better every day. Yes, sir. How's Groove, man? How's my dog Groove? Man, he's awesome, bro. He's awesome. Uh, he's, he's he's just fun to be around. You know, his energy is infectious. You know, he loves the game, loves his players. So you know, it's, it's been fun to be a part of it. I'm, I'm excited to be. That's what's up. Y'all had a, y'all have a team meeting yet? Yeah, we've had a few. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, do he not, not do he not got the best team meetings? He does. I love his like knock on <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He have them mapped out. I'll be like, Coach, you must have like. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? 
I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You plan these team meetings out like they like yeah. they games, you know what I'm saying? Very detailed, very on top of it. No, he's got a method for all of it. <laughs> Hell yeah. How, how OTA is going, though? How y'all looking? It's good. We're looking good, man. We have a young team, you know, hungry. Uh, you know, we have some great players and had some great additions in the draft and free agency. And um, I'm excited to put it together. You know, I love the energy I feel around the, around the, app, uh, around the building and just, uh, you know, how bad guys want it. You know, we have around like 90, 95% of the team here. So, you know, guys want to be here. Guys are working for something great, you know. Right. Um, well, you know, you know what y'all got to do. Yep. Y'all got to beat them Chiefs. Yep, yep, yeah. But the, the- but the one thing is, the Raiders always play them Chiefs tough now. They almost got their number, you know what I'm saying? It's some teams the Chiefs yeah. just handle, and then they don't never handle the Raiders like that. Derek Carr, he 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 got that defense figured out. He always ball against them. Yeah, no, no Derek's a great quarterback. You know, I'm excited to play with him. Yeah, watching the game last year, they, de- they definitely gave him some trouble. So, you know, trying to continue that build, build on that, you know, the Chiefs, they have the best player in the world right now, and, you know, just trying to, you know, got to stop them and contain him. Yeah, you already know how that go. Yeah. But yeah, all right, I'm here in Texas, man. You played your high school ball here in uh, Capel, Texas. Yes, sir. So I got to know, how you get to Stanford, man? Was that something you always wanted to do? Or how, how, how none of these Texas school land? You was a five-star yeah. recruit out here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, during my time getting recruited, yeah, that was a big thing. Like, a lot of Texas guys were going out of state, going to different schools. Right. Going to the SEC, like, a lot of, like, Texas, like, A&M and, and – the Longhorns were getting really upset because, like, why are all the, why is this talent leaving? But, you know, I just uh, – I always kind of loved California. Like, UCLA was my first love, and I went out there, and I was like, you know, I want to kind of be out here. And then my parents were like, hey, why don't we go go visit Stanford? You know, it's a pretty cool place. Never really heard of the place. And my D-line coach in high school was cool with the D-line coach over there at Stanford. So, you know, put us in close contact, went to the camp, you know, did well, and, you know, came back and offered me. And, you know, they're forever my Raider after that, but – you know, I, I didn't sign until signing day, so I was always kind of like, you know, flirting with different schools, seeing who I wanted. Yeah. But my parents really love Stanford. You know, it, it's the best of both worlds, education, football. At the time, you know, we had been to four straight BCS Bowl games, um, you know, and then when I got there, they were still a powerhouse. So, um, you know, just the, the being able to be the best at football and the best at school, you know, I thought you couldn't beat that. So that's why I went to Stanford. Yeah, I... People don't be knowing, man. Like, I remember one time we had, like, a little DB, a DB deal, right? Sharon put together. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did it over at Stanford. So you yeah. walk around that building. First of all, it's beautiful, bro. I, I was over there like, my son need to come here, right here. Like, it was, yeah. it was that nice, right? But you walk around that building, and you see all them faces on the wall. People don't know how many, how many guys in the NFL from Stanford, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, the campus is absolutely beautiful. Like, every day is perfect. I mean, it rains about two, two weeks a year. And that's all you get, yeah. two, two weeks. <laughs> but I mean, like perfect campus, you know, beautiful people, like beautiful area. Like it's, it's a great place to be. And then, like you said, there's a lot of ballers that came out of Stanford, you know? Yeah, you know, man. Um, Zach Ertz, you know, I mean, I could go on and on, but like, it's, it's, it's a pretty good list that, you know, Coach Harbaugh and Coach Shaw put together. And even from before then. So, you know, it's a place where ballers can go ball and also like get education. So, you know, we put, put together a good, good program there. That's what's up. You uh, you left early. Did you leave early from Stanford? Yeah, yeah, I left early. Yeah, so I redshirted and then I played two years and I was out. So it was a quick. So I was only there for like two point three years. So it was, it was right, hard. right. My I I read I did I kind of did the same. I redshirted left early too. Okay. But uh, what? Why you leave early? What made you feel like you was NFL ready? 
Um, I mean, really, I was just getting it. Like the spring ball before, I was understanding like the scheme of the game, you know, the philosophy of the game, understanding like how I need to play, who really coming to my own, learning how like what 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 moves work best for me, what kind of player I am. I just started dominating. I kept dominating throughout the year, and I was just like, you know what? I think I'm ready for the next level because I was like, you know, this right. is pretty. I'm not trying to say it was easy, but it was like it wasn't challenging me to the level I wanted to be challenged. And obviously, like I wanted to win more. I wanted to win a national championship. I wanted to win, like you know, the um, Lime of the Year award. All that yeah. stuff. Those are all goals of mine. But at the time, I was like, you know, I don't think my stocks can get any higher than this. So I have to take the take advantage of the opportunity. You know, go go be a high draft pick. Go get that money and start start my dream. You know, a dream I've had since I was in fourth grade. Definitely, I I was the same too, man. I it was, I almost left my sophomore year, right? But <laughs> yeah. Mark. I was gone. I'm telling you, yeah. I just got the call on my phone. Yeah, I was gone my sophomore year. Then Mark Mangino, Coach Mangino, he just called me in like, "Man, stay one more year. Yeah, I'm gonna put you on offense. I'm gonna put you on special teams, man. You are gonna do your thing on defense. Just if you leave this year, you are gonna go in the third or fourth round. Yeah, he said, just stay one more year, bro. You're gonna be my first first round pick, man. So I I, yeah. I believed in Coach. Stay one more year, junior year. I was gone. I was broke, baby. I needed. Yeah, I feel you. Me too, bro. Yeah. My daddy's still in the projects, man. I gotta get him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I get that money. How was uh how was Kansas? Kansas was cool, bro. Kansas yeah. was it's 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 like Stanford. Like, yeah, you will not expect that. You hear Kansas football, you get up there, man. Our dorms, first of all, our dorms, the towers was like real nice two-bedroom apartments, man. Yeah. It was they laid, they rolled the red carpet out for us, basically, man. I went on my visit and came home like, man, I want to go to Kansas. My brother and them looking at me like, bro, like, you know what I'm saying? You just starting, that was your first visit. Like, I'm like, yeah. man, I want to go there. He, they, they're like, man, let's look at everything else. But yeah. it, it never, it nothing else never really compared to it. The fun yeah. I had, the vibe that I had, it was cool up there, man. It's, it's a lot different than you would think, for real. Definitely, yeah. Were the basketball games lit? I went to one basketball game, man, and, and I went to go see Kevin Durant. Okay, yep, yep. <laughs> it was like we couldn't miss it. Durant was coming. We like, oh, we gotta go. We went like thirteen deep to the yep. games. But we used to get we used to, we can get in the games and stuff. But they stand up the whole games. It be so yeah. packed in there, man. It's it's lit. It's it's rowdy in there, right? Definitely. And you know we was halfway the celebrities on the campus, so we was trying yeah. to just you know I'm saying chill out. Oh, we yeah. weren't trying to stand up them whole times, but. Yeah, Mario Thomas, that was my dog on the team, man. So I, I I used to tune in to the basketball all the time, but I only made one game. Okay. For real. Yeah. Yeah. No. So who who are some in high school, you you in Texas playing ball? Who's some of the guys you looked up to, man? Some of the guys you was watching in the league. Definitely, you know what? That's in high school, Sue was my guy. I mean, oh yeah. I, yeah, I'd never seen a dude dominate like that at, in college. Like he was just tossing dudes around, play after play. Yeah. I was like, Man, this guy's too good. So like, just just have that dominance factor. I was like, I want to be that dominant one day. I want to be oh yeah, over game, control the game. So he was who I watched a lot in high school. I mean, I was in Dallas, so I was a huge fan of Demarcus Ware. Like, I thought he was just so technically sound and athletic freak, like, and was unstoppable. So like, guys like that, I was constantly watching, and just like I was just love watching the rushers. Like, you know, back when the Giants had Strahan, OC, mm-hmm. and Tuck, Young JPP. Like, that was like an elite squad to watch so like oh yeah I was, I was all over the place it was winning them chips too that's why they was winning them chips because them boys right there who you name <laughs> definitely <laughs> for real who's who, who's some of the vets when you when you got to the league who's some of the vets that kind of who you learned from who you who you watched closely you yeah. know what I'm saying? who kind of took you up under their wing definitely you know my rookie year i was very blessed i mean i had elvis Dumerville, and like elvis taught me a lot about just like life and football just like 
like past technique, past pass rushing, but and and seeing like the full picture of the game. But like he mm-hmm. taught me a lot about nutrition, a lot about taking care of my body, like really finding like those niches for me, so I could really just like start that early. Because he's like a lot of guys started too late. You get to year four or five, start getting injured. Like oh, I got to start taking care of my body, and it's too late. Like I mean. I know, you know, like when you're older, like you, you, you start feeling like the soreness a little more, start feeling pain, mm-hmm. take God warm up 20 more minutes longer. Like, so, so he was teaching me that at a young age. And uh, we also had Earl Mitchell. He was just like a professional, like just, he was a 10th year uh, defensive nose guard from, I think we got him from Miami and Earl was just like, he was just professional every day on time, like knew, had the right things to say, was a leader in the room. And then obviously yeah. um, Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner, you know, just three mm-hmm. guys, three players, just like the way that like Defoe played the game is unbelievable. Like every play, he's in the, he's in his right gap, he's beating the double team, he's effective on pass rush, and then Eric's just very technically sound and understands. He's a really good teacher of the game. He knew how to teach like certain moves um, and 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 everything. So I, I was very lucky in my time in San Francisco with all the vets I had around me. That's that's what's up. That's what's up. So you come into the league, I'm saying you don't you don't start like you wanted to start. You know what I'm saying you face yeah. some some adversity, some trials, some tribulations. Yeah. How 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 did the young Solomon? How did how did that story affect the the Solomon that we got right here in front of us? I mean, it it made me who I am. I mean, like I said, my 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 first four years of my career did not go how I wanted to to go. Like I have the highest expectations for myself. Right. And, you know, I I push myself more than anyone I know and. Like obviously production wasn't there, like stats weren't there and everything like that. But what I had to learn like through about life, about myself, like finding out how to truly believe in myself and understand like I'm the man inside. Like I gotta think that every play, like I used to not think like that. I used to be like, mm-hmm. you know, like I used to be tentative with my with my mentality. And I was like, I can't play like that. You can't be like that. You have to be the man every single play. Whether you got beat the play before, whether you won the play before. I'm the man, I'm here, I'm ready to play. Like just learning how to love myself, learning how to, be becoming my own player, learning what moves are for me. Um, you know, I've learned a lot throughout my throughout my time. Like from just like from the players I talked about, from you know all the losses, all the failures I had. Like that's what made me me. Like um, so like I wouldn't have changed how the, how it's gone because I've, I've matured. I've come into my own, and like now I see the full picture. You know, I believe in myself. I can better myself mm-hmm. down, and you know I'm just ready to play football because I've learned how to love the game again. I've learned how to learn that why I love the game after tearing my ACL and being out for a year. Like that makes you really think about like, why am I doing this? And like, I'm doing it because I love this game. I'm not doing this for anybody else. I'm not doing this to prove anybody wrong. I'm doing this because I love the game and I know how good I am. And I'm, I'm going right. to myself, you know? Yeah. That's, that's what's up. I, uh, I don't know. I, I see people who do that. I ain't going to lie. I, that's probably was one of my strong suits, bro. I, I always thought like, Oh, he, this, Oh, I'm about to go strapping. Like I yeah. always, that was, that was, me keeping my confidence is the yeah. word I'm looking for. Me keeping that confidence, I feel like that was one of the strong parts of my game. You know what I'm saying? That's and that's yeah. what I try to spread through my kids and my daughter and all mm-hmm. them. Man, I'm like, man, I'm telling you, if you believe, if you believe you can do it, you will be surprised. In four or five years, you'll be right there, like, oh, I'm here now. Like, I'm telling you, it's just you just got to will yourself to it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's how you have to be. Otherwise, like, if you don't believe in yourself, like how are you going to go out there and perform? Like, if you don't think you're going to win this rep, how are you going to exactly. go and actually win it? So that's like your mindset, like, oh, I, oh, okay, I'm going to strap him. Like, that's, oh, okay, I'm going to beat him out on a A-gap brush right here. I'm going to beat him inside. Right. That's how it's got to be every play. Like, I'm going to put and my then I, yeah. And then I say, and then I say, I ain't mean to cut you off, but then I say, mm-hmm. at the end 
of my career, that's around the time where I, where I retired, that's yeah. around the time where I used to be like, all right, dude, fast. Let me, I'm changing like what I do yeah. for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, my confidence game. I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm, coach called me in the office. I done had a meeting I ain't never had before. We gonna start this other guy. Like, what? I'm like, Lee mm -hmm. ain't never heard that. You feel me? So that was, yeah. that's when I, that's when it made me do like this. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad yeah. it happened later in my career. So I was just like, yeah. I'm cool, bro. So yeah, they, they weren't lying though. I was, I done lost a step in. Yeah. My mom wasn't lying to me neither. I'm like, I better back up a little bit yeah. or DK gonna run past your ass. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't lying yeah. to myself, but I was I was being honest with myself and that, that told me it was it was time to go, man, for real. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, I knew it was time, man. But uh, uh, talk to us about your foundation, man. And uh, we, we watched the launch video and all that. Just talk to us about your foundation and, and how that, what that mean to you. Of course, man, yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate you, you talking about it, yeah, so. My family, my cousin Ray and myself, um, we started the foundation, the defensive line. You know, it's where our mission is to end the, end the epidemic of youth suicide, especially for those of color, by transforming the way we communicate and connect uh, over mental health. And what we're doing is, you know, we're, we're making these programs, making curriculums, you know, for any mentor of any youth um, to make sure that, you know, these mentors that are around, like the youth can talk about mental health, that they're equipped with the language to talk about depression, anxiety, to have warning signs, you know, we're gonna help schools with suicide prevention programs. We're gonna, you know, just create a better community of mental health where people can talk about it freely. They can yeah, be vulnerable, yeah. they can see where they can go talk and, and, and have a safe place to talk and not be judged or, or they know how to have the conversations with their friends or their loved ones. And that they can also just like be able to listen as well. Cause that's part of mental health as well. You know, if you gotta talk to, talk to someone, you also have to listen to someone. So, right. you know, that's what we're trying to do and just like, We've seen like from losing my sister to suicide and from um, going through my own mental health journey and, and just seeing how the world and, and our mentality is about mental health and like in athletes and the world, like, you know, it's, we're so far behind and, and people need to understand that, you know, it's okay to not be okay. You know, we're feeling these reasons like for a reason, um, you know, and, and we need to validate them and we need to honor them and, and make sure we sort through them so we don't bottle up and suppress our emotions and blow up someday. So, you know, right. just trying to make the world a healthier place. And, and that's our goal. That's our mission. And, we're gonna try to do it day by day. By day. <clears throat> that's what's up, man. Congrats on that. Congrats on that. That's dope. That's that's needed more. Do you do you think that the NFL should do more? Cause I mean, we like individuals. We small little pieces of the of the shield, right? Mm -hmm. And we try as much as we can to you know create awareness to this, create awareness to this. You think the NFL need to be doing more? Cause I mean, we be around. You we see guys on a daily basis, man. It's 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 no bullshit. It's guys depressed in the locker room every day, yeah. right? You know what I'm saying we know that. You think the NFL need to do more and uh, bringing awareness or creating programs or doing stuff like what you did? No, definitely. You know, I think I will applaud the NFL because two years ago they came out with a mental health initiative where each team has to have like an on-site person or someone right. available. And I thought that was good, but I don't think that was enough. Like, okay, we know it's available now, but we don't have that reminder. Like, hey, if you need help, go here. If, if you're going through something mentally, go here. And like, like you said, like in the locker room, we see guys depressed every day. Like. This is our dream job and we love it. And like, it's right. something that we're blessed to do, but at the same time- It's, it's hard, hard, baby. It's hard. It's probably the most stressful job that you could probably think of. Like every day, the pressure, the grind, like, you know, the anxiety, the ups and downs of it, it's, it's a lot. Like the NFL is not an easy job. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're put up as like celebrities and, and like, you know, we're put up real high and we're, we're told that we're not allowed to feel certain things. Like, you know, Dak Prescott went out, talked about his depression and you had Skip Bayless say, he can't do that. He's a quarterback. He can't do that. Yeah, that was some bullshit. 
Like what? Like for what? Like he's human. He's allowed to feel those things. Otherwise, like, like you see, like, like I saw LaMarcus Aldridge came out a couple of days ago talking about how depressed he was since he retired, because like, this is a part of our identity and we don't know how to mm-hmm. lose that. And it's because we have to have that mentality. Like we talked about, oh, I'm going to strap him. I'm going to be great. Like I'm going to be the best. This is who I am. And we don't know how to like sort through that and become human after the game. Cause we're looked at as only football players. We're taught to be only football players. We're not taught to be, we're not taught to talk about our like feelings and emotions, but we can still do that and still go be a dog in the field. But I can right. talk about my depression publicly and I can still go, you know, blow a lineman back five yards or go get a sack. Like that's something that like, like, and you could do the same thing. You could strap up any receiver in the league and talk right. about anxiety, whatever you have going on. Like, mm-hmm. so like this, this like mentality that athletes can't be emotional or have emotions or feel a certain ways is, is so wrong and so backwards. Like we're human, like anyone else. We need to be talking about our emotions, our feelings, whatever. Right, we're going. I get it out. Yeah. And like, one thing I like to tell people is that like, because I know athletes are scared because it's still looked down upon in the NFL. Like, we're still afraid to be like, hey, I have anxiety. I'm depressed. Like, because like because of shit like what Skip Bayless said, like, you know, you're the quarterback. You can't be, you yeah. can't be, your, your mental can't be messed up. Like, so exactly, yeah. damn, it's going to mess up my money if I say something or, you know what I'm saying? We don't know. Like, so we're afraid to lose money. We're afraid of the public perception of, like, someone like Skip Bayless, which is totally wrong. But in reality, when we work on our mental health and we become free in our mind, our mind will do greater things. Our body will do greater things. Like I like to call it the whole health, like our mind and body go, go hand in hand. Like if your mind's for your body's for you, you'll become a better player. Like without even knowing it, like if you're, if you're all cloudy up here, you're depressed, you have anxious thoughts all the time and you can't sort through that. How is your body going to come through and play? Like, so that's why I try to tell players right. like, work on that, work on your mental health. You will become a better player. You'll become an overall better like athlete in person. Like it's just right. like, science behind it is all there. Like, once you free up here, you'll be free down here and, and, and wonders will happen. So I'm trying to teach the NFL that I'm trying, I mean, not me only, but like there's people out there trying to teach the NFL, Hell yeah. trying to teach players that so players can be healthier and they can have a better life after football. They're not going to be so depressed from losing their identity and in, in football. They, they can go somewhere else and understand that they're a great, they're just a great human being. So, yeah. So when, when you was on the field for, you know, people listening, people who, you know what I'm saying, watch Catch Your Fades with lead, you know, for the people listening, when you was going through what you went through, how you handle it personally, man, for people who, yeah. who don't want to reach out and who don't want to do that, man, maybe they'll hear this show and they'll hear how you handled it and they'll yeah. handle theirs the same, situ- same way. Definitely, you know, and, and I, would, uh, I would just advise people to handle it better than I did because I, I, I went through that stigma. I was like, dang, I was the third pick of the draft if I come out and tell people I'm depressed or like really sad or like not feeling good, like people are gonna be like, oh, he's, he's using that excuse because he's not playing well. And also just the, the stigma of like, I, I, was, I felt weak if I came out and spoke. And, you know, I was blessed to be approached in the locker room by John Lynch. Like I had be, I just been like, I've been a new person. I wasn't happy. Like I was running, I feel like on the field, I was slow as hell. I feel like I could, I was like, just like had like weight on me. And like, like negative thoughts. Yeah, and like, just like, I was just, I was going through it. I was extremely depressed, thought, just lost my sister to suicide. And like, I, and then John approached me, I started getting help. Cause like once John approached me, I was like, dang, if the general manager told me I can get help, that's permission for me to get help. Right. And you know what I would tell people out there, you don't have to wait for that. Like you can get help right now. There's help available. There's love out there. There's people who want to help you. But like, after I got help, it changed my life. When I started going to therapy, talking about depression, grief, anger, sadness, like that helped me sort through those emotions, become clear in my head. And about week 11 of the season, 
I was a new athlete. I was a new player. Like I was playing way better than I had the whole season. I finished the last six games out like the best games I played that year. And like you, like, you know, like during the season, you can't get bigger, faster, or stronger. Like right. we're, grind, we're grinding too much. So mm. like that was just me from clearing my head. I became a better athlete. I became lighter on my feet. I became quicker, more explosive. And that's just my testament to like working through working through what you have going on. Because like when your mind is free, your body will be more free and you'll be able to do more things. So once I was healthier mentally and got help and learned how to sort through my emotions, learn coping mechanisms, learned that it was okay for me to feel this way, then I became a better person, I became a better player, like and a better teammate. So yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. It people need to hear that, man. Shit, myself too. People need to hear that because I'll never do it. I'll never just come out like, man, I'm gonna just go to counseling. I go to my mom's house. You know what I'm saying? I feel like she's my counselor, my pastor. Yeah. I go over there and, and yeah. hear her, but she ain't licensed for it. She don't get paid to do that. You know what I'm saying? I go over there and hear what she say. Let her build me back up. And then I, you know what I'm saying? I uh mm. be okay. You feel me? Yeah. But man, people need to hear that, man, for real, because it's real. We be around 60, 65 guys a day. Yeah. And Sometimes you just see the personalities in the locker room. You see a guy, he's different. You know what I'm saying? Different for a week straight. He's just quiet to himself. You can tell he's going through something, right? You don't, we macho in the locker room. We don't really want to ask. Yeah. But man, people need to hear that, man. I, I think I think I applaud the NFL too. I think they're doing a good job just mm-hmm. saying mental health, mental health awareness. And yeah. as long as you say it and people know it's a real thing, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I think that's that's what we all need for real. Yeah definitely just just being able to start the conversation and have the conversation you know just the people like us like you me anyone yeah. knows that help is available and it's perfectly okay to get help like i think you know just keep preaching that keep having people do that that'll be great hell yeah well, that's what's up man shout out to to solomon thomas and the defensive line foundation man they're doing big things i ain't gonna hold you big dog i appreciate it man keep doing what you're doing out there in vegas i come to vegas i'm gonna hit on you now you know what i'm saying yeah, please do bro no I appreciate you already know Yes, sir. Now, thank you already you. know. Take care, my brother. You too, brother. Thank you. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.